If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dina Murray. Dina is the number one international best-selling author of Love Unboxed. And after being in the IT business and then coaching for 16 years, she reinvented herself and her business. Now she helps others as a business and life reinvention coach, helping coaches and experts to break free from the paradigms of the past and manifest the life, income, and impact that they dream about. Couldn't we all use a little bit of that during this coronavirus? Welcome, Dina. Thank you, Carissa. It's so it's such a pleasure to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you. Dina and I connected on Clubhouse. She hosted a room and I helped to moderate a couple of rooms that she did. And it was just wonderful to connect and do readings on soul business and help other entrepreneurs. And it's a special day there, isn't it? Where are you calling from today? Um, I'm in South Africa, Cape Town. Um, South Africa. And yes, we do have a special day today, Carissa. It's our version of Women's Day. Wonderful. And so what do you call it? Women's Day? Yeah, we call it Women's Day. Actually, I think what happened, I think International Women's Day is in March or is it in May? Yeah, I think you're right. I think March is right. Yeah, I think March. And I think we we have lots of holidays around there. So with Easter and everything and other holidays. And so they, um, well, I assume that was the thinking behind uh, having well, a woman's wonderful. day. wonderful. Yeah, to have its own holiday, special day. A full holiday and um, having it later in the year. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. And it's nice because it's its own special day. And so let's just take a moment to honor all women everywhere for everything that they've been through and everything that they'll become today. Ah, So tell me about yourself and where you grew up, Dina. Oh, I grew up obviously in South Africa. I was born here. And I grew up uh, in the what we call the Northwest, um, or Gauteng, rather, I think that's a better one, Gauteng in South Africa, that is Pretoria. And my dad was in the military, so we moved around a bit uh, during my high school years. Yeah, then I went into IT. And when you were in high school and your father was in the military, did you guys move to other countries or more within South Africa? No, more within South Africa. We did okay. move to um, Grootfontein. That's a town right in the north of Namibia. Um, 
But at that stage, Namibia wasn't um, independent yet. I see. There was still Southwest Africa. They were still under sort of um, as an additional province of South Africa, governed by South Africa at that point. Yeah. And what were you like as a child? Ooh, I think I was very serious. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've always been very serious. And... um, and very much, I remember, you know, we, we remember things. I think I've always had this um, sense of objectivity and fairness. Um, even as a child, it was very important to me for things to be fair. Yeah, and, and very much reason, you know, be objective, we can, can see the other side of something. But other than that, I'm not a very sporty person. I did some gymnastics at school, but um, no, nothing like maybe play some hockey, but never I was never a star at 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 sports, at, you know, during school. Very mm-hmm. much other kinds of things, maybe some dancing and that, you know, the softer the softer movements. Ah, you know. wonderful. And then you said before that you got into IT. Is that what you went to college for? I was, uh, was also a long story, but yeah, I, I, I did IT and I was in IT for more than 20 years. You know, I was very successful as a consultant. I designed big programs, big um, systems for um, for big companies. And mm. so, you know, that's why, that's where my, Affinity for tech and um, talent to design courses and programs come from. That's pretty amazing to have that background. And when you worked with corporations, was it their back end systems or more on the front end? And and for people that don't know, IT is information technology. Yeah, it was uh, more of the back end. Mm-hmm. It was actually a combination because, you know, it was to do the um, design, the front end as well. And of course, then the back end system. So it was both. Oh, got it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I have a software program that I use with corporations. I do ergonomic consulting and um and I, I've always been interested in streamlining processes. I'm not an IT person. I hire IT professionals, but <laughs> but I still I've always been interested in that in making things more efficient and streamlining mm. and automating. So that's wonderful. And how how does that you touched on it a little bit, but how does that help your clients today having that skill? I help my clients tech-wise. I'm not a technocrat. Let me just put it that way. If that is the right word, I'm going to say, no, I don't program anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a user, uh, but especially when it comes to building your platform, you know, for your online business, um, setting up your stuff, um, creating your pages, all those things is very easy for me. And um so I, I create little programs for them, little videos for them to show them um, how to go about it. Because if you've never done it, you know, the unknown of the tech can seem very daunting. Yes. Um, but it's just the unknown. And once they've done, even my, even my clients that I've got, no, that's not tech savvy at all, 
uh, I remember they say they they hold they open my uh, little video on the on the one tab and you know how they build their biz their page on the next tab and then they do it step by step by step what I'm saying and um, oh that's them. incredible that's so yeah, exciting. I, and then it becomes easy, you know, it opens up the creativity, they become a little bit more adventurous. So, um, yeah, and it's great fun. And, you know, once I've done it once, I think, what's the, what was the big deal? You know, it's, <laughs> right. actually, it's actually quite easy. Once you know how to do anything, isn't it, Marcarissa, it becomes easy. <laughs> yeah or or just more automatic where you don't even have to think about it it's like not even a struggle anymore um and I was just curious what made you want to leave this successful career in IT that a lot of people dream about I mean that type of success and really start coaching clients one-on-one I always tell the story it was really a turning point uh for us um after my third child, it was about two, I, you know, there was this project uh, that came up and um, my husband and I talked about it and said, oh, well, you know, they say, they say it will only be a half day. So, so let me go and do that. And uh-huh. I had a wonderful nanny at that point uh, who looked after, uh, you know, the kids. And, um, and I started this project and, of course, typical IT <laughs> Uh, it soon mushroomed into a full-time job. You know, that's the thing about IT. It's very demanding. It just sucks you in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, you know, it, 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 and I don't want to talk down to it. It's, it's just a fact. And I remember it was one Friday evening at about 7, and my 2-year-old called me. I was still at the office Friday night, 7. PM and he's he asking, he's, "Mommy, when are you coming home?" Oh, so and seven PM. Oh. You know, a lot of moms. This, you know, that's late, right? Dinner's it's very done. Late. It's very late. It's very late, and um, you know, get so absorbed in the work and the deadlines and the the amount of work, getting specifications out. We call it specs. You know, for the programmers at that point, I was just designing. Um, not programming anymore. We just, you know, sat together that evening and said, "This is not working for the family." Mm-hmm. Although I might, I may enjoy it, and you know, there's a lot of um, gratification to see something, you know, come to life. Um, it's it's not worth the price. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so, so I quit, and then I started to look for something else to do that that would actually suit my lifestyle that I can do from home. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I stumbled onto NLP and that the rest is history. <laughs> oh wonderful. So what got you interested in neurolinguistic programming NLP? Well I I by accident of course there's no accidents in the universe. Um, but I we heard about this man um, who who was an astrologer, and and that he actually you know um, 
we didn't even know the word coach then, you know, this was way back. Um, But yeah, he was an astrologer and a psychologist and he would help you. And my husband and I were both very, very curious about this. So we decided to investigate and we became his clients. And um, and it was so interesting how he brought that those two together. But then he shared with us that he was actually using NLP. And um, and yeah, so we we investigated and we found immediately we fell in love with the whole concept and we found a provider, a trainer uh, mm-hmm. in Cape Town, uh, and. Um, and yeah, we both went to do become a, a NLP practitioner. And when you say both, that, you mean your husband, right? Yes, yes. Okay. And after that, we we both um, did the master prac as well. Um, and then I continued. I did neurosemantics, quantum leap, became a trainer, self actualization psychology, uh, P and I neuro linguistic uh, um, near. Psychoneuroimmunology, mm, etc. Et I love that field, psychoneuroimmunology. Yeah, it's incredible. It's really awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, for me, um, in working with my clients um, as a business and reinvention coach, I help them with their mindset because for me, business success is 90% mindset. And then, of course, help them to build their business mm-hmm. uh, as well. So for me, that's sort of, you know, living all my talents and sharing all my talents and um, helping people. Yeah. That's amazing. So do you feel when you started your own business, you reinvented yourself? Did you know what you wanted to call your business and how did that come about? What What's the name of your business and, and why did you choose that? My name of my of the business, um, my company name is Mind Body Systems, um, but I just you know say my business is dinamaray.com, Basically, it's just the easiest thing. Um, but yeah, I um, it wasn't didn't come out about, and it doesn't come out for anyone first shot. You know, it's a process of evolving, and you know, it's it's also not good a good idea to actually wait until you know everything before you start it's in starting something that you get to work with it that you get to change it and evolve it and refine it Uh, that all is a process so um, when I first started coaching uh, it was about uh, I worked with corporates because I came from corporate uh, executive and team coaching and I always wanted to work with entrepreneurs. And then I, when I did that and worked with, uh, I first was a relationship coach, mm. um, uh, relationship with self. And that's where the love unboxed. Uh, oh, book. great. That was going to be yeah. my next cl- question. That's why you wanted to be a co-author for that book. Yes. It's all about relationship with self. And um Although at that point when the book came out, I was already a business coach, but, you know, it was still applicable. It was still relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, that's really a, a big part of my work still in coaching uh, coaches and experts and entrepreneurs. It's about their relationship with with themselves that has a um, 
a direct um, impact on their relationship with source or spirit, and of course, money and their success. It's all um, originates from their relationship with themselves. So that is a big part of my work still, maybe just sort of in another context. Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting topic. And I just, I think it's so important for business success. Why do you think Love Unboxed became an international bestseller? Wow, I think love in itself. And, you know, this these were all stories of women's um, trials and triumphs in love. Mm. I was talking about self-love, but many of them were talking about relationships that they've had. Uh, But in the end, it was actually very interesting that all of them concluded in all of their different stories that it was when they started to love themselves that um, their relationships changed completely. Um, I think it's something that, that we all search for. Is is to um, to have, you know I think we grow up conditioned that that we end up not loving ourselves or that when we do love ourselves it's conditional. Uh, yes, I had a client today that said that you know it's only when seen from her father how she grew up mm-hmm. um, she could he could he would only love her when she she could only feel that he loved her when she achieved. Interesting. So, I think a lot of parents, maybe unconsciously, don't even realize that they're doing that. Yes, yes. So, so you know, in 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 building a business, is that besides the external, what we call the external sense of authority uh, to always please and getting approval from people outside of you, um, you know, her love for herself became conditional. Of course, because it comes from that. She doesn't grant herself permission to to have a break or to, um, when she has tasks to to do, she doesn't um, say park it and say, listen, okay, I'm first going to take care of my child and then I'll come and do it. Mm -hmm. It stays like a little uh, broken record in her mind, reminding her, you haven't done that yet. You haven't done Uh... that yet. You haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. So she drives herself crazy uh, and until she's done it. Mm-hmm. And then she can relax. But it's that permission thing. You know, I'm not allowed to actually enjoy this moment until I have pleased a part of me. I have achieved. I have mm-hmm. finished this part as well. And it's those little illogical, we call it psychologics, things that we have as connections to referent experiences when we come from childhood that has still an, an impact, a mm-hmm. trigger effect on, on our lives and our businesses. doesn't matter in what context. So um, it, is, it is just so important. And I think that's coming back to, circle back to your thing, to your question, Carissa, about the Love Unboxed. I think just everybody is just so searching still searching mm-hmm. for that for that answer for that fix mm-hmm. of let my relationships work well let my uh, yeah you know love so people are looking for love 
<laughs> yeah, or or just even look diving into it deeper. What does love really mean? What does love mean to me? This is how I was loved as a child. Can I make that different now in my life? And how? How can I love from that space and, and not just duplicate what my parents showed me as love? Yeah, and all of that is, you know, from awareness because um, until we become aware, we operate on autopilot. We don't mm -hmm. even know it. Yeah. Uh, it's when we become aware, especially in parenting, you know, many many kids say that, or many adults say, I will never be like my parents uh -huh. or like my mother. <gasps> but if they if they become aware, all of a sudden they'll get a shock and think, oh, my God, I just did exactly what my mother did. Yeah. Um, you know, um, yeah. because it's, it's subconscious. It's a subconscious mm -hmm. habitual behavior that 95% uh, of our 60,000 thoughts that we think every day is subconscious mm -hmm. so that is the big thing about about being able to change is the first step mm -hmm. is self-awareness mm -hmm. become your observer your own observer so that you become aware of what am i thinking what am i feeling mm -hmm. unfortunately we um uh, spirit or source or the universe or god or whatever people would like to call this higher power um, we, you know, we have been created to have a, a sensor inside of us and, you know, our emotions to become aware of how we are feeling because that's the first step in what we are thinking mm -hmm. so that we can see how we are acting and what are the results that we're getting. And, of mm -hmm. course, most people want to change and they want to start with the results end of of where they are at and that is not where change happens mm. you've got to change with with your thoughts about it i you've see a, you're going to be you're going to start at that end because it's what you are thinking that results in how you are feeling that results in what action you are taking that results in the result that you're getting it's like mm. a supply chain i call it the supply chain of the mind and uh how can changing your language change your life yeah, um, it's amazing how, how we see the world show up in how we use our language. Just as a basic, you know, we have what we call modal operators. And these are the words of um, I can or I can't, uh, I should or I shouldn't, uh, I must or I must not. Um, and those two are especially can't and should uh, or shouldn't and must not is like we call it like if you look if you can see like a picture of pillars and on the and on 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 the left you have like the top is impossibility so when you use language of i can't uh, unless it's something that you physically can't do that's that is a psychological can't so that indicates a taboo of something or uh, that you don't have permission. So a good way is to say, you know, I can't stand people shouting or something like that. Or just for, as an example is to give yourself, to ask yourself, can I give myself permission to allow people to shout kind of thing? So can't, can't and permission it goes very well together. It means, means we don't have permission. And then the 
the next pillar is necessity. So if you use language uh, of I should or I have to or I must, then that indicates a, a life of, of limitation of where you don't have choice. You're not a choice. You Somebody else decides for you. And then we move on to desire. So that is when we use language like um, I want to, I desire to. Mm-hmm. And that is great, it's desire, but what one must be careful here is that what you desire and what you want is not, do I want to use the word realistic, but you haven't quite identified with it. Because the words I want to do something stays in the future. Keep saying, I want to build a business that's successful. It means, oh, I want a soulmate. It's, it's, it's not here yet. It's in the future. So then how could you reword that? Would you say, I am working in a successful business right now, thriving or something like that? What would yes, be? Yes, that's, that's where the, it's, it's important to, you know, when you set your goals, it's not just that I want to have something. It's just that I have, I am having this. Yeah. I'm so grateful and so uh, happy and grateful now that I am a successful business owner. I make so much money a month. Mm-hmm. People are flocking to me. So you describe what you want in the present tense as if and, it's happening now. And and you said you make so much money a month. Is it important to say that amount that you want to make, well, you have to believe it too because you connected with that. Yes, it's it's important to say the amount, okay. to say the amount that you would like to, to earn mm-hmm. um, as if you are earning it now because money has got a vibration. It's an energy. And it bigger amounts of money have got a bigger energy, have got a bigger uh, um a higher frequency. So you have to identify with that, mm-hmm. with that amount. And of course, um, you know, by repeating it, especially in front of, in front of a mirror, is very effective. Um, repeating your, your goal, your affirmation, as if you have it already, because slowly but surely you are identifying with it. And mm-hmm. repetition influences the subconscious so so by repeating it often enough and feeling it as if you are there and as seeing especially image what is the image you hold of yourself in your mind what are the images that you keep in your mind is absolutely important Mm -hmm. because it's also and even the bible says you cannot serve two gods at the same time you cannot, you cannot, on, whether with a one in the morning when you do your meditation, be very, you know, positive and say, I'm, I'm a business owner. I earn so much money. I am super abundant. It's everything is fantastic. And then the next moment you get triggered into scarcity and fear. Mm-hmm. And that is the thing that, that people um, struggle with because they allow their current results and outside influences to control their thoughts. It's a discipline of mind. It's a commitment to, um, I tell tell my clients to drink, eat, and sleep, and drink your your goal. You've (laughs) got to become that person. You first have to become what you want to achieve. Yes, I love it. 
That's that's an NLP philosophy, correct? It is NLP, but it's also um yeah, that is NLP, act as if and step into the future now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it, it, it's, it's much wider than that. It's, it's quantum physics, actually. Mm. Interesting. So can having this clarity bring more prosperity to your life? So you're becoming this person and then you're vibrating at a different level. So then that prosperity can flow into your life? Absolutely. Absolutely. The more you um, immerse yourself in becoming that person. You know, I, I talked about the supply chain, how you think, feel, and act. Mm-hmm. You've got to think, feel, and act as if the person that you want to, that you already have what you want. Mm-hmm. So you've got to think from that place of I already have this. So you've yes. got to be in charge and choose your choose your thoughts and your emotions. So at a much higher level, frequency vibrating emotions of acceptance, appreciation, um, gratitude, joy, and it's to be proactive because your old paradigm will fight you all the way. <laughs> yeah, and change. That's right. So speaking of that, if someone has a trigger of scarcity or lack when something comes up uh, for whatever reason, how can you shift that? How can you shift that in your mind? Is it just a repetition or do you have an affirmation that you like to give people? It's a very good practice. I call it flip your fears. Flip your fears. Oh, very cool. The trigger of scarcity is 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 very much connected to fear mm-hmm. fear of not having it yeah and fear is based on assumptions mm-hmm. so we make assumptions when we get triggered into fear because that's triggering into your old paradigm and we've been conditioned to think that we're not good enough that we don't deserve that we are doomed to scarcity and fear that we are not supposed to be abundant it's wrong to ask for money all those mm-hmm things that we most people have grown up with, the, with the churches and the, the mm-hmm. teachings that we have received. And it's to look at in the look at that when it comes up and mm-hmm. to unpack that trigger. To say, what am I assuming there? Look at this. Because most people try and suppress it. Mm-hmm. And it's to look at it and to, to be curious about it. I see. It's just something that you need. The moment you look at it and you see what it is, you can change it. If you are first fearful, then it's hard to change something. So I always say, don't fall in the rabbit hole. The moment it comes up, just ask yourself, what am I assuming? And it it becomes easier the more you do this kind of thing. What Mm -hmm. do I am assuming? Because that's just default thinking as well about the trigger. Sorry, I hope it's not too technical, but you have to change your relationship with the trigger. Mm -hmm. So whether that trigger is looking at your bank account Mm -hmm. or whether you've got to take out your card and pay for something, that trigger, that is the thing that you must change, the relationship with that. So if that trigger triggers you into, say, for example, you look at your bank account. So what are you assuming? I'm assuming that you know, money is not coming in. That is Mm -hmm. a false assumption. 
because mm-hmm. if you if you make that assumption you are predicting that to to become true you are doing what we call prophesying um false uh, uh, and predicting false results to impact your future mm-hmm. so you've got to look at the, the subconscious assumptions that you are making of you know there is no money there's no more money coming in and it's to what do i believe about that uh, and what do I believe about that? So those assumptions and then to say, how does this make me feel? It makes me feel, you know, fearful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what is the opposite of this assumption? Mm-hmm. That money is flowing in. The universe is unlimited. There are infinite ways that I can make money. Now, can you see how you change your state immediately by changing the way that you think about it? Now you feel hopeful. Now you feel, oh, my God, you know, maybe I can do this or this or this. Ah, I see. You awaken your creativity. There's also a sense of calm and peacefulness, too. Exactly. Because we fall always into the trap of the assumptions. Mm-hmm. And the moment we can look at it and unpack it for ourselves and say, what am I assuming? And this is not just for this. This is for anything that you are triggered into like a negative kind of emotion, a lower, whether it's anger, fear, guilt, shame, um, dis- disappointment, dissatisfaction. To look at it, so what am I assuming here? And then to say, what does I might feel? Is this true? Is this really true? No, it isn't. So what is the, some, the opposite of this? So if I believe in that, how does that make me feel? Mm-hmm. And feeling that, what action can I take now? Because you definitely don't want to take an action if you feel a negative emotion. Because you're going you're gonna to some, do something that you are going to regret. Ah, I see. Yeah, because you're coming from fear. I know I did that one time. Uh, Well, I'm sure I've done it many times. I'm just thinking of an example. When I started my ergonomic consulting business working with corporations, I hadn't gotten paid for for about two months. So I actually went in person and I I did have a, a lot of fear associated Uh, with that. And I went in person to the client and sat in the lobby until I got my (laughs) check. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I would never do that now. And, you know, they didn't contact me ever again. You know, I lost the client because I think they felt threatened and that maybe they felt my energy of fear or whatever it might be. So you're definitely right. You need to wait and come to a place of peace before you take action. I wanted to go into an example. How do you know if you offer enough value for high ticket items in your coaching business? So speak to some of the coaches out there that are contemplating offering a high ticket item. And what is this? A high ticket offer solves a high value problem. So it is a problem that prevents your client from thriving, stepping into the next level of success. And if we look at the at the you know the big five niches of money and relationships and um, health and personal development and hobbies. And skills, then it's about what 
what additional value can you bring to your client? Because a high ticket client wants to achieve the biggest outcome in the shortest time with the least effort. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not it's not an overload of information because that that you can find on the internet. It's transformation. It is what value, what is your skill level. And high, high ticket is very much associated as well with your time. How much time do you give to your client? Because the more of your personal time you give to your client, the higher the ticket. And of course, combine that with your skill of getting the result for your client. These are all the things that play a role for high ticket. So high ticket is not a low level problem or a low low offer that you slap a high price on. For high ticket, you've got to solve a a very high value problem that is holding that client back that they've tried to solve, but they can't. They need your help. And you have got your own unique way, your own secret source, your own um, skill level and confidence that you can actually get that result for your client. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's wonderful. It's you say it so eloquently and clear. How can someone transition from a warrior to a warrior? Worrying about things to a warrior where you're in charge of your life. Worry about things is it's again is that assumptions. That we just talked about, you're making yeah. assumptions. So it's to look at the assumptions that you're making about the situations in your life. And the moment you look at them, you'll see, I love what I um, wrote in that piece about um, that movie, The um, Seven Years in Tibet, where the the character of the Dalai Lama said to that of, um, I think it was Brad Pitt playing that role, uh, where he said, you know, we've we've got a saying here in Buddhism, um, about worrying that the question is, can you solve the problem? If you can solve mm-hmm. the problem, there's no point in worrying about it. Mm-hmm. If you can't solve the problem, then worrying about it will just waste your time. So there is no point in worrying about it. It's actually what we call lazy thinking. Mm-hmm. You are not actually exploring. You are in the problem mode instead of your solution mode. I see. Okay. So shift to solution, look at it and say, what am I assuming here again? And if it's not true, what is the opposite? How can I change this? What action can I take from here? Can I solve this problem? If it's out of my control, I can't solve it. So let go of it. Can I solve this? How can I solve the problem? Mm -hmm. Um, And the warrior, again, is a very fine line to um, be a warrior of in charge. And again, it's control. So mm-hmm. there's a fine line of control. Mm-hmm. And it's a guy not to try and control things that are out of your control. So we, we often, we want to control things because we want to feel safe. Mm-hmm. And we cannot control the universe. You cannot control... Um, you know, the how, if you have a big goal, you are, it's not your job to, to worry or to worry or to think about how you're going to achieve that. 
So in taking in that control or wanting to force things, there the warrior is not a good idea mm-hmm. because you are, you are interfering with the, with the higher power. They've got, the, your higher power has got all the connections. We don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So it's to take control, to be a warrior of taking care of yourself, to be a warrior and taking, taking control of your thoughts. Mm-hmm. and your emotions that is the the most noble warrior that you can be is to self-care take care of yourself of your own relationship with yourself and looking after yourself and to choose thoughts and emotions that works for you that lifts your vibration where you are in harmony with what it is that you would like to create in life and in your business Oh, I love that. That just warmed my heart when you said that. Well, what's next for you? What's on the horizon, Dina? Oh, I'm so excited. I'm about within the next month or two, I'm starting my own publishing company. Oh, wow. (laughs) That is exciting. It is very exciting. Really exciting. And so what's um, the purpose? What are you going to do with a publishing company? I'm going to publish inspiring stories. Inspiring mm-hmm. stories of, of coaches and entrepreneurs to inspire others. Wonderful. I feel like that's so in alignment with this podcast, You Inspired. So we'll have to learn more about that soon. Are there any last words of wisdom for our audience? Just that the most important thing you can do for yourself, doesn't matter where you are in your, you know, in what area of your life, but especially in your business, is not to allow your current results to control your thoughts. It's to always think from a place of what do I want? What do I want to create? What do I want to achieve? And to start from there. And, um, really take time every day to dream to think about what you want to create to dream about it you know Wayne Dyer said when um, the people who built the big ships the big big huge ships they didn't contemplate the sinking of things and so often we want to create something beautiful, but we contemplate the opposite of that. It's to really immerse yourself in what it is that you want to create. Let it become a magnificent obsession and you won't tolerate any thoughts taking over your vibration that pulls you back into that old paradigm and old comfort zone. It's you got to do that for you. Nobody else can do that for you. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that you quoted Wayne Dyer. He was always a, a hero and a, a mentor to me. I uh, We were connected. Um, we would talk on the phone sometimes and we shared the same birthday. <laughs> so oh. wonderful. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and connecting here on the You Inspire podcast. I'll share your website and social media links in the show notes. And also, did you want to present an offer for our audience? 
Oh, yes. Um, if there are anybody in your audience who is an entrepreneur, who's a coach or an expert and starting out with creating your online business or maybe you're struggling a bit, I have um, a guide for you, um, a business bliss, the business bliss guide and video series for coaches and experts. And um, in there, I discuss the whole framework of what I use for myself and my clients, as well as how to create your course or your program, uh, marketing, sales, every part of your business. And you can get that at um, bit.ly forward slash business bliss guide. And we'll put that in the show notes too. So oh, thank you, you. have to remember. Yeah. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much, Dina. Thank you for joining me here today. It's been such a pleasure. Oh, thank you, Chris. I really enjoyed the the conversation. It was awesome. That's it for today's episode of Zen Success. Head on over to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show and share with friends. One lucky listener who submits a review will win a chance in the grand prize drawing for a priceless VIP experience and gifts with Carissa herself. Be sure to head on over to zensuccesspodcast.com and pick up a copy of Carissa's free gift to help you on your Zen success journey and join us on the next episode. Share with friends and increase your chances to win. Mm-hmm.